Welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf. That's Nick Wright, Kevin Wilds. We got Eric Mangini with us this Coach, morning. Look what we got here. Coach, oh boy. it's Manna from Heaven. <laughs> Schedule release the day. Worst. You're here for Manna it. We've already got heaven. to put it out. I FedExed <laughs> one of early. these to your house. It'll be arriving tomorrow. Laminated for you. Ready to go, oh Jenna. Let's do it. Schedule release day. Here we go. It is schedule release day. And from there, 500 topics have sprung out. We will get to all of them. 256 games over 17 weeks. Nick's got lists and grids and Coach already has a headache. This is going to be fun. All right, we're going to kick off the show by each of us picking out the first game that grabbed our attention. I'm going to go first. For me, it was a no-brainer. Browns at Ravens week one. You know I've been all over the Browns. Browns, Ravens, Ravens, Browns. Baker, Lamar, Einhorn, Finkel. Baker, your number one overall pick three years ago. You got Lamar, who was 32nd overall. Meanwhile, Lamar won the MVP, and Baker's going into a prove-it year. Two teams with a ton of talent. One couldn't do anything with it last year. One, you know what they did. They became the darlings of the NFL. One guy shot a bunch of commercials. One guy talked about how he wanted to work on his passing game and his running game at the same time. Head down, grinded it out. I love where these two teams are going. Either in the same direction or in different directions. They split the season series last year. Can't wait to see what they do this year. That was my game circled. It kicks off in week one. Nick, I will send it over to you. I'm already fired up. Yeah, I'm also picking a game involving the Baltimore Ravens. It's very early in the season, similar to yours. How about week three, Kansas City at Baltimore? In a season where there is only one bye in each conference, this could be the single biggest game in the AFC all year. Keep in mind, you mentioned Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Lamar in his career in the regular season 19 and 1 as a starter against every team in the league aside from the Kansas City Chiefs. 0 and 2 against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So noteworthy for a number of reasons. Two best teams in the conference. The tiebreaker will be decided there, all of it. But also noteworthy for another reason. To my friend Kevin Wilds, diehard Patriot fan, and my friend Coach Mangini, who was a Patriot coach. During the 2003-2004 Super Bowl runs, where, Coach, I know you very proudly remember you guys won an NFL record 21 consecutive games. So here's why I bring up that in reference to Chiefs-Ravens Week 3. The Chiefs, of course, obviously, much as I predicted on this show, won nine consecutive games last year to end the season and win the Super Bowl. If they beat the Ravens in Week 3, they will be favored. Show the schedule. They'll be favored for their next (laughs) 10 games. Nine plus 13. That would take you to 22 consecutive wins going into week 15 or week 15 at New Orleans. Who gives a damn about that one? So, coach, if you want that streak to maintain, you better be rooting for Baltimore in week three. Kevin Wilds, I am. This is the biggest game of the NFL season. If the Ravens don't beat the Chiefs, the Chiefs will probably start off 13 and 0 at a minimum. So there we go. Already fired up. Week three, Chiefs at Ravens. So, (laughs) so Nick, I think this show is great when you're happy. And I know you're a rational guy. Uh And I think Coach will back me up. Uh It is not outrageous that you guys start a little bit slow. This is not a hot take. This is a reasonable take. You've got Texans, Chargers, Ravens. You could go into the Patriots game one and two. 
playing the greatest coach of all time, and you could look up, it's not ridiculous, and be one and three. Coach, is there, can you back me up on that? It's reasonable. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if that's totally reasonable. I I, I think that um, oh, come on, I think it's possible. I think it, I, I think it's possible. There we uh, go. Usually, though, at the start of the season, if you win the Super Bowl, you've got a lot of momentum going into that next season. And early on, even in the, the year that we got knocked out of the playoffs after we won the first Super Bowl, we started strong. And, and that that wasn't the issue. It's just we couldn't we couldn't maintain it. We couldn't deal with our success longer term. And 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 we didn't understand all the pressures that came with winning, just like I'm sure Kansas City is going to struggle. I just think they'll probably start strong and, and then run into some bumps. Probably week four. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know when the bumps are coming <laughs> week four. Yeah, Kansas City Kansas City's going to lose to Jared Stidham-led team. I, in that early month, Wilds, they have a divisional game. And I'll just I'll finish with this. There's been no team in modern NFL history that has dominated their division like the Kansas City Chiefs have dominated the AFC West over the last five years. They've won 27 of their last 29 divisional games. Better than any run the Patriots. Pick your team and what they did over a five-year stretch. And those two losses, they had a lead with five seconds left in both of those games. So every AFC West game, grab your Sharpie. I know you have Sharpies now, Wilds. Don't pencil in. Sharpie in wins. The Ravens game scares me a bit. But if they beat the Ravens, then, I mean, already write it down. 13-0 in the longest winning streak in NFL history at 22 games. Trumping your beloved Patriots. Jenna Wolf, go right ahead, please. Look, the quicker, Wilds, that you just pencil him in for the Chiefs winning again, whether it happens or not, the quicker we don't, uh, the faster we don't have to listen to all this <laughs> on and on and on every day until the season Fair. actually starts. Fair. Wilds, what game jumped out to you from this schedule? So it's going to be uh, Brady Breeze. It's going to be the best offensive game historically in the history of the NFL. I think this will be a fantastic game, and I like that we don't have to wait to see Tom Brady go through a bunch of uh, you know minor league teams. Just give me Drew Brees right away. If we can throw up the stats at how interesting this game is, they've got the touchdown record is still out of reach right now for for week one. Passing yards that equals to 86 miles of yardage, and combined ages we're looking at 84 years old. The other interesting game that I like, Coach, is November 8th where I wonder if if the season plays out and Tom Brady throws a few more touchdowns than Drew Brees, that we could see the touchdown record go back and forth between them. I, I, I think the Brady-Brees matchup is interesting. Having it week one and, and, and evaluating week one is tough. The first game of the season is, is always the most difficult to prepare for because so much has happened in the offseason with free agency, with with a draft, with, with how your team is composed. So... That's a hard. That's a hard game to evaluate. Now we're talking about Tom Brady's first game with his new team, and in this environment that that's so far out of out of the norm. I don't know if it's going to be really indicative of, of who these teams and organizations are in in week one. Wilds, I'm going to say something I think will make you happy. I I don't think okay. the Bucks are going to win that game, but if they do. They, are, they have a great chance of starting this first month of the season undefeated because after that game in New Orleans, they're home for Carolina, the worst team in that division. They're at Denver, a team that ostensibly is going to be starting Drew Locke at quarterback, 
and then they're home for the Chargers, who are either going to be starting Justin Herbert or Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. And it's critical for your beloved now Buccaneers, your adopted favorite team, that they start off well, because, and this is what Coach loves, the middle nine games of the season, they have Chicago, they have Green Bay, they have New Orleans again, they have the Rams, they have the Chiefs, they have the Vikings. So that first month is key. If the Bucs can start off by winning their toughest game of the year in New Orleans, it bodes very well for your beloved Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Wilds. I don't like the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. I'm still a Patriots fan, but I'll be rooting for Tom Brady. <laughs> Uh, all right, Coach, what do you got? You looked at that schedule. I know it stressed you out a little bit because you know Nick was going to be on today, but what game jumped out at you? <laughs> yeah, I poured over the <laughs> schedule just like Nick did, just trying to find that, that one gem. And it was in week seven for me, looking at the, the 49ers and the Patriots and, and the difference between either the start of the season, week one or, or week three, when you get to week seven, you really know or, or start to understand who you are and who you have to be. And I say this every year, you go into the season with who you want to be, and then you realize the good teams realize who you need to be, and that happens about about mid-season. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to, to for New England to look at at Jimmy Garoppolo and, and, and what could have been versus w- what they're dealing with at quarterback, and, and we're assuming it's going to be Stidham, but who, who knows at that point. But, but it gives that perspective. And then we get to see how well San Francisco deals with the Super Bowl hangover. And, and that's not an easy thing to do for the winner, but it's historically been very difficult for the loser of the Super Bowl. All right, so a number of things, Coach. I think this is a great game to key you in on. For San Francisco, they're going to be favored in their first six games of the season leading into this game at New England. They're home for Arizona. Then they go on the road to both New York teams. They'll be road favorites against both those teams. And then it's three straight home games, Philadelphia, Miami, and the Rams leading into this game against New England. So you would feel feel like at a minimum, they should be five and one, worst case scenario, four and two going into this game. New England doesn't have that fortuitous schedule leading into the game. However, what they do have is this, Wilds. They have a bye before this game. And Bill Belichick off the bye, extra time to prepare against a team like uh, against a team whose quarterback he knows very well in Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like if the Patriots are going to have a big upset home win, if you will, even with Sidham as their quarterback, coming off a bye against San Francisco, San Francisco having to travel all the way across the country could really work well for them, Wilds. First of all, stop saying even if Stidham's the quarterback. Stidham's going to be great. Coach, I'm going to throw it to you real quick, and I know this is not your expertise necessarily. <laughs> But uh, when Gordon Hayward was with the Jazz and he came into the Boston Garden, I still call it the Boston Garden, he came into the Boston Garden and he got a huge ovation and it was kind of stressful for like Jay Crowder who was still on the team. When uh, Jimmy G comes out, do you think Patriots fans will give him like a huge ovation? No, no, not at all. Very rarely do people go back to New England and get huge ovations. And and as much as you're very um, uh, nice about former Patriots. Typically when you walk in the stadium as a former Patriot, you're not getting the the nicest reception. Now my reception may have been a little bit colder than most, but I don't I don't know many people who say going back there has been like a pleasant experience where they're embraced by the warmth of, of the New England faithful. 
All right. We'll have to leave it at that. Hey, I don't mind you calling it Boston leave Garden. It that. for my Jenna, beloved Danny Ainge we've did got, most of his best work. Jenna, we have what? 253 more games to discuss. What? We have 250. You said 200. We've only yeah, done three. What? We have we're, 253 got, more. And we've got like 200 more games till the season starts. So let's just hang on and hold tight. we got to okay. save some material for like the next we five longer. minutes. Uh, okay. Quick break. <laughs> Welcome back. This makes me happy. New Chicago Bears wide receiver Ted Ginn Jr. will be joining us Monday to discuss his new team, the nice. fact that he's still competing at age 35, and we'll talk about his former quarterback, Cam Newton. Don't miss it. Monday, right here on First Things First. And speaking of Cam Newton, it is now time for our rewarding performance sponsored by Capital One. What is in your wallet? Cam Newton, who said he's waiting for an NFL starting job to open up, is now reportedly open to being a backup for a team. You know, it's not often that I pat myself on the back for being right about something, Nick. Uh, of course, you should be willing to be a backup. Go earn the job. Show everyone you're healthy. All you want to do is play. Go play. Nick, you surprised Cam has reportedly changed his tune on this? Jenna, well, I I let me just it. give you a little advice <laughs> from someone who very often likes to pat themselves on the back for being correct about things myself. <laughs> Uh, you usually want to wait until you're actually officially right. Ian Rappaport's vague reporting that he might be open to it. I, I you might you might be putting the card a little bit before the horse Come was on. born, but we'll see. We'll 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 see. We'll see where Cam signs. We'll see how this one plays out. But there is this false equivalency going on that Jameis is accepting a backup role and Andy Dalton is accepting a backup role. So why wouldn't Cam Newton do it? And so for an analogy that I think the audience can understand, if if unfortunately, if all of a sudden, if myself, Kevin Wilds and Colin Cowherd today, all three of us were fired by FS1 and Wilds a, a week later, he's like, hey, I'm going to go back up Willie Geist. And I say, I'm going to go work for Quibi with Maverick on some project. And then everyone's like, hey, Cowherd. Wilds and Nick already took jobs, believed where they were. What are you doing? Why aren't you? It would be like, well, I'm Colin Cowherd. And they're Wilds and Nick. So I don't know if we really should be holding the same standard. <laughs> Jameis Winston is supposed to try to rebuild his value by taking a backup quarterback job. Andy Dalton is supposed to try to rebuild his value. Or for Dalton, backup quarterback might be where he is the rest of his career. Even the most ardent Cam Newton Critics do not believe there are 32 quarterbacks better than him. So do I think it could possibly make sense for him to go to Denver as the backup when he's obviously better than Drew Locke and end up when Drew, if Drew Locke underachieves with all that offensive talent they brought in, taking the job? Possibly. Do I, do I think maybe if Pittsburgh says, we know this is Ben's last year, come here and take over for this franchise with this great coaching staff and this great defense? Maybe. But if he does that, then there will be a team in the league that has a backup quarterback better than about 12 to 15 teams in the league starting quarterback wilds. And so I, I'm going to wait and see how this one actually plays out, Kevin. Okay, I'm going to take people behind the curtain a little bit. Jenna has been saying... Since this story came out that Cam should be willing to accept a backup role and Nick said no way. And after the show, we have a nice Zoom meeting and it's usually like, hey, good job, good job. That was a cool graphic. 
And Jenna got on the Zoom and just roasted Nick. And Nick's outside walking his dog. And he's just getting (laughs) roasted on the Zoom because Jenna said, like, he should take it back up. And then three hours later, the report comes out. So it was a big win for Jenna. Nick is unwilling to give her... Her, her, her deserved gold medal for having the win take on the Zoom. Can, can it, it happen? <laughs> you did can, a great job. Can we job. actually but have it happen before the win is booked? He is maybe thinking about the it. The Chiefs haven't won the Super Bowl, but you feel willing to give them those 13 oh. wins. Okay, the other... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jenna, I'll throw it to you. Um, here's why I think this is super stressful. If you've got a bad QB... You can't bring Cam in as your backup because Cam Newton is sitting there. And if you've got a great QB, I think you'd also be stressed about having Cam as your backup. So I don't know what teams are supposed to do. First of all, he's not playing football now. I don't think it matters specifically what role he's brought in as long as he gets on a team, learns the offense, shows that he's healthy and can get back out there and get some reps, earn the starting job. That's all I'm saying. I love Cam. I want to see him succeed. Coach, I want to bring you in. You were on here last week. You said the reason why the Patriots were probably not interested in Cam is because he's probably more interested in being a star than a starting quarterback. How, what kind of challenges would he face as a backup on any team? With the personality, he's got a big personality. What kind of challenges would that face on any team in the league right now? Well, first of all, I'm a little bit disappointed I, I didn't get that invite to that Zoom call. Um, but outside of that, <laughs> the, <laughs> when, when, when you're talking about a backup quarterback, there, there's a lot of things that go into that. Ideally, if you're bringing in a veteran, you want a guy that if you have a young quarterback is willing to mentor him, is willing to to spend time with him and allow them to to get better and, and play that role. I don't know if if Cam's in that place. The second thing is backup quarterbacks are going to typically make backup money. And Cam has made a lot of money over the course of his career. And where that check goes from whatever significant dollar amount he had to the the $3 million of, of guarantees that Andy Dalton got, that, that's going to be hard for him to look at. And that's going to be something he's going to have to get his head around. And, and in addition to that, you don't get the same amount of reps. You don't get the same amount of attention in meetings. And he's always had the primary amount of reps. He's always had the, the, the most attention. How well do you adjust to that? Because you've got to be able to play with very limited uh, opportunities in practice. And that's a that's a very different place to be as well. So the biggest part of it is, are you truly open to that or are you just trying to get on a team so that you can you can get in the mix? And, And look, you can't you can't be a starter until you're on a team. And, and if it, he gets on a team yes. as a backup, great, and shows that he's a starter, then great. No team's going to be disappointed if they get an upgraded quarterback. Yeah, right. But th- this is why this conversation frustrates me so much, because it, people are being disingenuous about the quarterback position in this league and competition. This is unlike any other position in the sport where the best guy plays. There are maybe five teams in the league in any given year that have an actual quarterback competition, and that is at the high end. So this idea that Cam could just sign, I'll use the team I mentioned, with the Steelers, and that if he's better than Big Ben, that they'll be like, well, we got to play the better guy. That is not how the NFL works. It's not how it's ever worked, and everyone knows it. 
So this nonsense that if you want to play, well, then go prove it and play. If you want to be a starter, go somewhere you can be a starter. This is like what I tell young people who want to be in broadcasters. If you want to be on the air, go somewhere you can be on the air, not somewhere you're going to be a producer. And one day, maybe if you want to be on the air, be on the air. And as far as the problems of a backup quarterback, I'll just here are problem backup quarterbacks. Anthony Gordon. Josh, Josh Wolford, Matt Schaub, who I did not know was still playing football, Blaine Gabbert, Sean Mannion. Those are some problem backup quarterbacks. The idea that, well, we wouldn't even want Cam as a backup because he's too good. Everyone's lost their minds. So let's just see how this plays out. And if I have to eat it, I have to eat it. But it's, it's early May. Cam's been a free agent for a few weeks. And we'll see what happens, Jenna. All right, well, that Zoom call starts 40 minutes from right now. We are going to go at it. I'm just kidding. It's very sweet. It's very nice. Welcome back. We're drawing a blank now. The NFL schedule is out. We know who's playing, where, and when. Everyone's got one goal in mind. Dethrone the Chiefs as Super Bowl champs. So, Nick, grab your crystal ball. Grab that laminated schedule grid. And please tell me, the most likely Super Bowl preview matchup is blank. All right, before I give my answer, I need to make sure America understands something. Around 75% of the time, the Super Bowl is a game that is not a rematch of a regular season game. The vast majority of the time, there is no rematch in the Super Bowl. So this is not necessarily my Super Bowl pick because we have to, but we have to pick a game that is, that is played during the year that could be the Super Bowl. All right, so with that preamble done, we obviously know one half of this year's Super Bowl. They happen to also have been one half of last year's Super Bowl. So Chiefs are in it. So who do the Chiefs play in the NFC? The answer is the NFC South. Carolina cross them off. Atlanta cross them off. As much as I would love to say Tampa Bay Grogineers, I can't because they got a 43-year-old <laughs> quarterback. I'd love to see it. So Chiefs... At Saints, I think that's the Week 15 game. That game is the most likely Super Bowl preview. Kansas City at New Orleans. I don't know if I'm going to pick New Orleans to make the Super Bowl, but of those four NFC South opponents, they're the most likely. So KC at New Orleans, my answer, Coach. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with um, Las Vegas versus Atlanta in Week 12. And and usually what happens is, what? is there's teams. Yeah, those, those are mine. Every year we, we go into the season and we, we think that what happened the, the previous year is, is going to translate into to what happens this year. And I thought that both those teams were teams that, that underachieved to, to some degree, but also showed a lot of promise. I, I like both quarterbacks more than I think most people do. Uh, and and with the, the Falcons especially, they finished up 7-9. and nine. There are a bunch of games that could have gone the other way. I think they've done some good things in in the off season, and with with Las Vegas, this is a, a situation where typically when you're moving, it's very disruptive. But because the whole off season is disruptive for everybody, it's actually an equalizer. And I like the things that they did throughout the course of the year and the off season as well. Wow. Uh, Jenna, I'm gonna make my answer quick because <laughs> I've got to uh, pull some money out of the bank and bet it all on Vegas versus Atlanta. Holy cow, coach. Um, Nick, I agree with you. Uh, Saints, Chiefs. Here's a little tip. 
from a former Super Bowl champion. When we played the Giants, I really wanted to go 16-0, and we, and we won that game. I was very happy. Then, of course, we lost. I actually think, and I know you're going to disagree, I actually think it would be good for you to lose that game if you think that's the Super Bowl matchup. Oh, well, listen, I the, I understand your reasoning there, and I also think that a little humbling before the postseason can be good for you. Obviously, Chiefs didn't yeah. get last year. They won six in a row heading into the postseason, but that's neither here nor there. But just quickly, Wilds, you were on to something at the beginning of your answer. Coach, I looked it up during Wilds' answer. 350 to 1 is what we can get Vegas and Atlanta in the Super Bowl. 350 to 1. So that means let's put, let's pull together, let's put uh, $2,875 on it. That'll pay out a million bucks. The three of us, we will, when the quarantine's over, we'll go to Vegas and then we will, in Vegas, bet $2,800 on that matchup. Clean million for us on the comeback. Jenna, go ahead. All right, there's your retirement plan. Did I get left out of that? Was I just the one that didn't contribute to 2,800 or was was it us three and Wilds is out? Is it us three and Coach is out? Who's out? Ryan? Oh, you're, I'm paying. Jenna, you're providing the money. We'll, we'll, we'll go on the trip. Guys trip. Guys trip to What Vegas. about the guy between us? Is Wilds going? All right. Uh, let's talk about a couple of games that uh, some, some of you may have overlooked or you might overlook. Week 13, Bengals-Dolphins, for example, usually doesn't set off any alarms. It could be, though, a Joe Burrow to a Tongue of Iloa rookie matchup for the ages. Melodrama aside, Nick, the under the radar matchup that could be the game of the year, in your opinion, is blank. Well, Jenna, real quick, a little preview for things to come. That Bengals Dolphins game, very important for other reasons we'll discuss later. They have to do with gorgeous jerseys. Little preview before the end of the show. But okay. my answer <laughs> is Get Dallas tease, and Baltimore on Thursday night football on Fox in week 13. Dallas could be if if Dak continues on what some believe is an upward trajectory and Dallas's issues as they want people to believe we're all about Jason Garrett given how they crushed the draft in my opinion and had underrated free agency certainly adding Gerald McCoy that could be an outstanding team Baltimore I believe to be one of the three best teams in football a nice little cross-conference Thursday night matchup Dallas at Baltimore week 13 I love it coach go ahead yeah, I don't know how under the radar that game is. Uh, I'm going to go with Seattle at San Francisco <laughs> week gross. 17. And, and and look, playing playing in that division and 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 dealing with with that rivalry, it's it's always tough. But I imagine that San Francisco this year is going to be the the team that's fighting to to get in the playoffs and fighting for their playoff life, and Seattle's actually going to be leading that division. So it's it's oh. it's always tense late in the year. And I think it's going to be especially tense because of the the dynamic of the division at that point with San Francisco fighting to get in. Jenna, here's a weird one. Bengals at Browns, September 17th. Burrow versus Baker. Baker's coming off of a Ravens game. If he could beat Lamar and then beat Joe Burrow, all of a sudden he's 2-0, and I think the Baker parade will start. But if you lose to Lamar, which will probably happen, and then if you somehow lose to Joe Burrow, in the words of Nick Wright, it ain't good. So that's my game. September 17th, 
Browns at Bengals. That's not the phrase. It's worse that than that. Ain't it ain't great. great. Is the phrase. What is the phrase? Thank yeah, you, Jenna. I, I, oh, I mean, my God. That ain't great. It ain't good. That ain't great. That there are people great. who fib, Thank and you, that Jenna. ain't great. Those are his two stories. All right. Thank you. Let's jump. I've heard it for that three years. Good. I should know there it by now. There are people who fib. There are people who fib. Jump ahead to week 17. <laughs> a lot of big, I didn't think you heard that. A lot of big games that could de- decide division champs. I'm looking at Chargers at Chiefs, even though Nick's probably looking at me oh, crazy. Nick, the Week 17 out. game most likely to decide the division is blank. Chargers at Chiefs, that's where we're going to get our first look of the year at the Chiefs' backup quarterback. All the Chiefs are going to be wearing cool hats. They're going to say AFC West champs. They're going to be chilling on the sidelines. But my answer is Green Bay at Chicago. I, uh, I have started to go through all 256 games. And much to my shock and dismay, I, I've got Chicago, I think, pretty damn good. Green Bay, meanwhile, they have this infighting going on. There's this drama. I feel like Green Bay at Chicago. One team comes in 11 and 4. One team comes in 10 and 5. I already see it. Sunday night football. The great Al Michaels. We're going to be watching it at Soldier Field. Division championship on the line. Green Bay at Chicago, coach. Yeah, the the one thing that Green Bay has, I know they have the infighting, but they also have Aaron Rodgers. So I don't. I think there's a, a little bit of a mismatch there. But for me, it's I'm going to double down on Atlanta and go Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and then I, I'm not convinced wow. that the Tampa Bay experiment is is going to work out the way that everybody imagines it's going to work out. But but I'll, I'll go along with that. And I'll double down on on, on Atlanta, and, and I think that um, at that point, both those teams will be rolling, and New Orleans will be on the outside looking in. I like it. Oh, what a cow. take, Nick! I don't even know how to what respond to these take. segments. It's a great <laughs> from take. your heart, Wes. I mean, it's a great. I'm uh, I'm 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 so confused. I had Cowboys Giants. It's a Jason Garrett game. You know, the Eagles will be having to pull for the Giants and Jason Garrett. So there's all sorts of infighting and weirdness going on. But I'm still just totally shocked by Coach's take. I'm sorry, Jen. I'm, I'm thrown for a loop here. Doesn't like, we'll doesn't cover it like the Buccaneers anymore. I'm just Bravo. <laughs> We'll cover it on our Zoom call. Uh-oh. All right. Speaking of you, Coach, let's talk head coaches. Bill Belichick might be without Tom Brady this season. He's not the only fearless leader with a lot to prove this year. So, Nick, besides Eric Mangini, the coach most stressed about the schedule should be blank. Oh, this is a great question. I love it. And the answer is one Joe Judge. He's taken over the New York Giants. Coach. The first five games of Joe Judge's tenure. How's this for you? Pittsburgh at Chicago, San Francisco at the Rams at Dallas. That's one and four if you're lucky. Also, I've been trying to research this all morning. We can't quite find it. Hopefully we'll have it for you by Monday. What is the NFL record for most fumbles before the end of September? Because old Danny drops going against the Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Francisco, and then Aaron Donald in that first month. That's got 13 fumbles and four games written all over it. So Joe Judge, very anxious with the New York Giants coach. Yeah, I don't think that's too bad a, a schedule to, to start your career. I mean, each one of those teams are facing have, have their own set of problems, and that's what you, you want early on, and that's what you can hope for. For, for 
for me, it's a, it's a little bit different situation. It's it's Adam Gase, and I've been through this in New York, and and having to play the the West Coast teams, and it um it, it, it I struggled, and and we struggled going out to the West Coast, lost all those games. So I still have a little bit of PTSD from from, from that experience. But when you look <laughs> at it, they've got two games late against West Coast teams, and they come back with Cleveland, and they finish up with New England. That that's a that's a hard stretch at the end, and they've got they've got a, a hard opening with with Buffalo and then San Francisco. So I'd say that that's the struggle that I can obviously relate to the most. Jenna, I don't think his job is on the line. I think he he's he's fine, but I think it's a little Game of Thronesy for Matt Rule. When you watch Game of Thrones, you're always like, "Where's the dragon?" Is the dragon just going to come through and just breathe fire and destroy this whole town? And I think that's Cam Newton's free agency. He's looking around. He's like, so I think Matt Rule's like, huh, the Vikings couldn't get Cam, could they? Hmm. The Broncos wouldn't pull the trigger on Cam, would they? So I think it's Matt Rule as he looks through the schedule and is trying to predict quarterback injuries and hoping that Cam doesn't show up. You know what my question was for the entire however many seasons there were of Game of Thrones. I had no idea where everybody was going. What? I mean, I watched every show and I still didn't know. What do you mean? Where's everybody going? They're just always going somewhere. There's a map in the beginning. You, uh, explain it to me in a break. <laughs> it was barely in English. Show Take ever a break. That starts out with a 90 second <laughs> map of where everyone's going. It's the only show ever. I didn't that see that part. That out for I skip and intro. Like, I couldn't figure it out. I go skip intro. You know, skip we got to take a break right now. I'll Google it. The NFL schedule is out. So is our excitement. Between all the Sunday yeah. afternoons, there's yeah. a little gem we like to call Thursday nights. Weeks 5 through 16 jammed with Thursday night football action. Coach, I'll start with you. You've got all the games there. Which one are you looking forward to the most? I really like the, the Chiefs at the Bills week six. I think there's the potential for a, a playoff preview. We're going to get a look at, at how far the Bills have come, and I think they've They've made significant strides, not just last year, but even the things they did this offseason. And we're going to get a sense for how Kansas City is dealing with success. I think it's far enough into the season, so we we know whether or not they're handling it well or they're handling it like most teams and uh, getting a little too caught up in, in what the expectations should be versus what the reality is. Nick, I really like Kyler going to Seattle. He got a win there last year. I think it could be another breakout game for him. All right, so a couple things. One is in response to Coach Mangini, to all my friends in Kansas City who always text me and say, why is Mangini always hating on the Chiefs? How about that? He said a Chiefs game could be a playoff preview. So Coach Mangini is the Chiefs making the playoffs. Print the T-shirts, America. That's a huge upset to me. Now to the game that I'm most intrigued in, Week 9, Packers at Niners. Green Bay last year. 14 and 2 in all their games that were not in San Francisco against the Niners. 0 and 2 in their two games in San Francisco, obviously. For the Niners, that that is in the midst of a brutal stretch of games at New England, at Seattle, home for Green Bay, then at New Orleans. For Green Bay, on the other hand, they struggled. Aaron Rodgers talked about it. They struggled, you know, preparing for the Niners, going to the West Coast last year on a full week. Now they have to do it on a short week. I think it's a very, very intriguing game. 
Packers at Niners, Week 9, Thursday Night Football on Fox Channel. All right, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens, who have the easiest strength of schedule heading into this season, which in turn makes Baltimore early favorites in every game this season. Nick, this includes their Week 3 matchup with the Chiefs. You'll forgive my gambling ignorance when I ask, can you already bet that game? Of course, you can always bet. You're can you bet a game? You can bet it all that the games. All two hundred fifty-six games. Yep. You can bet it, 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 now it's not great to do. It, I mean, it, it little adds a little extra intrigue because you don't know about injuries. You don't know about you know how teams are playing. It, it's you got to really have the gambling bug. But if you think, for example, that Baltimore's going to start <laughs> slow and that by the time the game actually kicks off, the Chiefs will be favored, you'd want to bet the Chiefs now. You'd get more value. Uh, the Ravens should be favored in every game. When you look at their schedule, their their toughest opponents are in Baltimore. And I know people will be surprised I'm going to say this because Lamar's 0-2 against the Chiefs and has never beaten Patrick Mahomes and probably could go his whole career without beating Patrick Mahomes. But they should be favored. They oh should be favored gosh. against the Chiefs. The game's in Baltimore. And so, you know, this is right, Wilds. I don't know why you're saying, oh, my gosh, I'm giving the Ravens a ton of credit. Oh, no, uh, no, you're yeah, saying they, they should be favored in his entire game. career. Well, he's just never done it. I mean, I, I, just, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know he's 0-2. <laughs> Okay. Coach, last night, Mark Ingram, anything less than a Super Bowl is a bust for us. That's everybody's goal. That's our mindset on our team and our organization. I know it. Is this the right philosophy for the Ravens? No, we, we, we talk about this every year. And, and every year there's there's a team. We, we saw it last year with the, the Cleveland Browns where you, you build up expectations to be so much to, to be so high that, that the pressure mounts very early in the season. And, and you don't need to add any pressure to, to an NFL season. And I get the team has high expectations. The team has high goals. Every team has high expectations and high goals. But you don't need to, to, to put it out there and, and add pressure to, to what is still a young quarterback. And, and what Baltimore is going to find is people are going to spend a lot more time studying this running game because it is a unique running game. It's It's... They obviously built on what Greg Roman did in San Francisco, but there's going to be a ton of time spent on that. And then how much will Lamar Jackson run this year versus what he ran last year? I imagine those numbers are going to come down. So they're going to have to come to terms with a new reality, too. All right, let's move on to the Bucks now. Have you been watching them the last few years? Of course you haven't. Since over the last 15 seasons, they had an no. NFL low <laughs> 17 primetime games. <laughs> then they add Brady, then they add Gronk, and yada, yada, yada. Tampa's five primetime games this year tied for the most in the entire league. Nick, you expect every Bucks game this season to be must-watch television? I apologize. I was grabbing my schedule grade. It's absolutely must-watch must television, but heady play by the NFL. They're giving us a heavy dose of the Bucks, but it's all early. All of these primetime games are before Thanksgiving. The NFL knows 43-year-old quarterback, year 21. Oh, is there a possibility on. that by the time we get to December, it's all noodle arm? Maybe. So let's give them it. all five, All their primetime games are between weeks 5 and 11. We'll get a heavy dose of the Bucks. I'm excited for it. And for Tom Brady fans, think about it like this. They won the Super Bowl, the Bucks did, and they got four primetime games. They signed Tom Brady and they got five. So the NFL schedule makers say signing Tom Brady more valuable than winning the Super Bowl as they did 18 years ago. Wilds, I know you're thrilled about it, but I think it's smart. I think it's good schedule making by the NFL. 
Not only that, Nick, the Bucks schedule and the Patriots schedule only overlap two times. So unlike you, who has, has several televisions, I'm just a common man. I only have one TV to watch football on. So I'll be able to watch Bucks and Patriots 14 times. I'll have to DVR the next one. Yeah, you know, you know when you, you look at this, I don't know if the, the scheduling is so great, Nick. I, I would imagine they should have probably even put these games earlier. I'm not sure how this experiment's going to go. And I, granted, I picked Tampa Bay to be in the mix late in the season, but you, you're right. You've got an older quarterback in a new system, and and with Gronk, you don't know whether or not he's going to be able to, to stay healthy. Uh, also, I think these primetime games should have been earlier as opposed to Week Five and Eleven just to make sure they keep the audience because this could go badly just as well as it goes Gosh, coach. Uh, good. Brutal. Just real quick, I, just because commitment to take integrity, commitment to honesty to the audience, America, don't believe this everyman act Kevin Wilds is trying to tell you. This weekend, when you're watching The Last Dance, be looking in the credits for Kevin Wilds' star producer wife, who is all over the credits of that. <laughs> Wilds has got all, he's got multiple televisions to show all his television vehicles, all of his wife's television vehicles. This idea I'm watching on a 17 inch Casio. Nobody believe Kevin Wilds. He's lying to you, America. Go ahead. Yeah, he, he only has one movie theater in his house. Right, we, That's it, though. <laughs> we have to move on. Uh, let, let's take a deeper dive and break down the Thanksgiving Day matchups. Of the three, of the three games, the one I think I'll be ignoring my family for is Dak and the Cowboys hosting Washington. It's a Fox game. Young people not be lying, Nick. Texans, Lions, Ravens, Steelers are the other two. Nick, what storylines jump out to you for the Thanksgiving Day games? Listen, they're all great. But Ravens-Steelers, to me, is the best rivalry in the NFL. And I believe Ravens at Steelers could be the last great Big Ben game of his career. Future first ballot Hall of Famer, been to three Super Bowls, won two of them. What could be his final home game against the Steelers. And most importantly, it is the only game on the schedule where if you play great, they give you food afterwards. So he's going to be extra incentivized. <laughs> so I think Big Ben's going to be great Thanksgiving night looking at that turducken waiting for him on the sideline all game. That's great. So Wilds, Ravens, Steelers, late night Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's, also, that's also the game I want to watch for, for a different reason. And to defend Big Ben, it's the beard and the haircut. It's a proven fact that if you shave and get a haircut, you immediately look younger and healthier, Coach. I think it's unfair, and I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, for, for me, I, I like the Texans at, at the Lions just because I think both these coaches are on the hot seat, and that seat's going to be really hot, and, and it's going to be interesting to see see how things unfold there. But uh, from, a, from a nostalgia standpoint, to me, it's Cowboys-Redskins because I grew up a Cowboys fan, and, and I always look forward to Thanksgiving Day oh. games and... Uh, so there's a, there's a little that's bit nice. of that, that that goes into it for me. Oh, that's nice, Coach. All right, moving on. By the way, Wilds, we have to teach you how belly fat works. It's not related to facial hair. All right, ending with some rookies now. Week 13, <laughs> Bengals traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Bengals, Dolphins, a year ago, this would have never, ever, ever, ever made our show. This year, it's our last story, but it is still in the show. The much-anticipated matchup of Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavaloa. Coach, you expect to see these two rookies going at it with their playoff, with their teams possibly in playoff contention? 
Yeah, I, I don't know about the, the playoff contention part, but I definitely see that both these quarterbacks will be playing at, the, at that point. And I would imagine if this game was significantly earlier, both these quarterbacks would be playing. As much as you, you may want to ease a, a, a high draft pick in and you hear it every year, we're going to give them time. We're going to, they want them to play and they want them to play as quickly as possible. And they want them to, they want them to show that they can save the organization. So at this point, they're, they're both going to be playing and it'll probably be mixed results. <laughs> mixed results. I'm looking forward to this game, Nick. I think it'll be great. I'll be happy to see the future of the NFL. All right, look, the discrepancy between Burrow and Tua, we'll see how big it is and in what direction. What we already know is this is a one versus 32 when it comes to uniforms in the NFL. You have the Dolphins' iconic, wow. gorgeous uniform, and you have the Bengals' black. And let me listen. America's been very critical of my take that the Dolphins have the best uniform in sports. I ask you this, America. If you had never seen pro sports and you had every jersey from every team across the league, and you just saw the logo and said, what city does it represent? Guess what? You see that that Dolphins logo? You're like, got to be South Florida. That's why it's perfect. As opposed to the Bengals, who named their team after a white Bengal tiger that was at the zoo 100 years ago. So stupid. The Dolphins jersey is oh, great. No. Anyone that argues is lying. They're probably all people that are lying, Jenna. Oh, great week of shows, America. <laughs> Coach, thanks for joining us. We got to go. See you Monday, everyone. Have a great weekend.